Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And did you guys know that technically right now in 2023, we are as close to 2030 as we are to 2016? Jeez. So that's tough. But you know what? You know what's going to happen in 2023 and, and what hopefully happens until the heat death of the universe? Movies. People are going to make movies. Mm. And, and David and I are going to do our best to, to preview some of our favorites that are supposed to come out this year. It's looking like a stacked year already just based on our list. I'm really excited about it. We're going to recap how our list of anticipation worked out last year and, and then talk about some new releases in 2023 so you can plan out your, your movie-going experiences for the next 12 months. So stick around. Let's go. All right, David, uh, I don't want to get into individual stuff yet. That's obviously going to be the list at the end of this episode, which will take up the bulk of the episode. But as you were looking and making your list of most anticipated movies, how are you feeling about 2023 as a movie year? Just just looking into the future. Um, I feel really good with the movies I see. However, I feel like there's like not like an insane amount. And I know like that's, there's always going to be movies. Like we probably felt that way last year, but only right. a handful of movies are, are ready this early or, you know, are expected this early. So obviously we're going to get a lot more movies. Um, however, there's like probably three or four that I'm, that my expectation wise, I'm like, these could be three or four of like the greatest movies in a, in one year that we've seen, like in a bundle in a while. Right. You know? There's very high expectations for two or three of them. And I think it's like, I think it's like rightfully so, and I think it could; those expectations could be met just knowing the directors, knowing, you know, how previous films have done with them. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pumped for a, a very large handful of them that we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I think that one of the things that that we forget about is we mostly looked at movies that were coming out in theaters, um, which used to be the only measurement by which you would look at, at upcoming releases. But now that's not true. There's going to be a lot of direct to streaming movies. Um, that we probably don't even know about yet that are in the works. So that's always exciting. But I would say when I was looking, and we'll get to this whenever we talk about some of our entries, the summer of 2023 looks like the most stacked summer I can remember. I don't mm. think we're going to have another situation where Top Gun Maverick dominated at the box office for you know five months this past year because nothing else came out in between now and then. Once you hit mid june for the next like six weeks a holy crap i can't believe this movie is coming out at the same time as this other one is going to happen yeah. so it's going to be blockbuster after blockbuster i wonder if that's going to mean movies as a whole go up and there's a lot more theater attendance or the problem they could have is is they're going to start eating each other alive you know a lot of these movies mm. could underperform because there's so many on the list but yeah. I, i'm really excited about that summer slate as well david yeah, we already talked a little bit about um, last year. Let's go ahead and and do hop into the time machine, and I'm going to take a look back at what we talked about last year. I'm just going to read off the most anticipated movies of 2022. Now, we didn't record this episode right at the beginning of 2022 because our podcast didn't exist. This, I think, was like February-ish. Okay. Um, but... So That's right. let's, yeah. let, let's go through it. Um, and I believe every other one we, we rotated off um, most anticipated. Your first was the Batman. How'd you feel about it? Just give me a star rating. Oh, four and a half out of five. I think that was a pretty consistent uh, feeling of, of that movie. Very good. Okay. The Batman, good. My first one was White Noise. I, I would say four out of five. I, I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people found it confusing. I really loved the novel. Um, I think Bomb backed it as good as he could. Uh, mm. Was hoping for a little bit more, but still still enjoyed it. Your second yeah. was Nope. Four, four out of five. Really, really good. Uh, arguably, maybe maybe his best. Maybe not, but up there for sure. It was really good. Yeah, Nope was absolutely solid. Um, I, I really enjoyed it in my top ten. Uh, the Northman was my second one. David, how would you feel about The Northman? We watched this together in theaters. I liked it. Really strange, really different. Um the, the the visuals were stunning, and I remember the performances being very good. I think I gave this a four to five, and I think it settled there. I, I really thought it was a good film. Yeah, I, I was the same as well. 
next, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is your third pick. How did you feel about this? I liked it. Um, we've kind of talked about this because kind of the uh, fatigue of, of Marvel. But on rewatch, I really did enjoy what Sam Raimi did. Uh, you know, first film since Spider-Man. So I liked it. Mm-hmm. For me, this was the best MCU movie of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it beat out uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever and then easily beat out Thor Love and Thunder because uh, I did not like that movie that much. Uh, my next pick was a movie that oh. hasn't come out yet and I'm not going to spoil because it's going to come up later. So Ooh. we'll talk about that later. Your next pick was a movie that hasn't come out yet and I'm not going to spoil because nope. we'll talk about that later. My, oh, that's right because technically it's a different name. That, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. My disappointing... Um, Movie of the anticipated. Year. Movie Don't of the Worry year. Darling. I was expecting <laughs> Don't Worry Darling to be a top five movie of the year for me. One, I uh, loved Olivia Wilde's directorial debut in Booksmart. That's still one of my favorite movies of all time. I think the best coming of age film that has come out in the last 25 years. Uh, two, it starred Florence Pugh, my favorite actress. So I was primed to watch this. I did not. David, how did you, how did you feel about Don't Worry Darling when it came out? I want to rewatch it. Um, I enjoyed it. I really did. I uh, this was one of those like really weird feelings, like because because with this, did I see this before you, or did you just see it and not leave a, a you, rating? No, you? you saw it before I did. Yeah, um, okay. I remember you. You told me like you were you felt differently than a lot of people. Yeah, I remember. I think I accidentally saw the rating. I was like, oh, this is really low. So I I went in and I was like kind of shocked by the the low ratings, and I came out pretty confident. And then you came out you know, kind of maybe similar to a couple people that had seen it previously. So this is one I want to rewatch. And like, is this something that I actually think is, is good and what I thought it would be? Or, you know, did I just overlook stuff Did I, you know, was I blind to some stuff, but I enjoyed it. I did. I, I think it's still at a four out of five on for me, but you know, on rewatch that could change. Yeah. Partially for me, it could have been the expectation game quite honestly, but I just felt that it, it was, it was really like, um, watching, you know, it was like watching the Angels in the MLB um, because you have Mike Trout out there and nobody else. And you're like, Mike Trout is playing in, at an MVP caliber and, and this team is going to miss the playoffs. That's what it felt like watching Florence Pugh um, in that movie. You're like, this is fantastic. This is an Oscar worthy performance. This movie sucks. It's actually a really um, funny comparison. So, so yeah, I, I maybe maybe Chris Pine there is Shohei Otani then, the, the other bright spot of the film. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That was, I can't, I just did a baseball comparison. Can you believe that? This is, Hey, this we should play uh, starting fantasy baseball. Weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm hard out as, as I have already said in the group mm-hmm. chat, your next pick was the gray man, David. I think you said this was your most disappointing movie of the year. Talk about it for a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, uh, star in it. Directed by the Russo brothers, who you know most famously did Infinity War and Endgame, uh, and while this is a different movie than the two Avengers movies, I think yeah, I think a lot of us had our high expectations high, uh, and we knew it'd be probably like similar to a lot of what we've seen. You know, a CIA's most skilled mercenary gets you know attacked by a dark agency or someone within the agency who's gone bad. Like we've heard that story so many times, but you know, it's like hey. These are two really good actors, a a list actors for sure, and a, what seems to be pretty good directors. But it did just seem kind of copy and paste, you know. And some of the CGI was kind of iffy at times. And you know, I I, I didn't hate it, but um, yeah, I guess I didn't come away a changed person or seeing anything that I hadn't already seen before. And I kind I think I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. So recently, uh, this movie just came on HBO Max, and I've been wanting to see it for a while. Uh, a film called The Man from Uncle which is based on a, I believe, I want to say 60s or 70s TV show. I'm not 100% sure of the time frame there. Uh, but it stars uh, Henry Cavill and the actor who now has turned out to be a cannibal, uh, Army Hammer. So That guy. Yeah. Um, but that's when I was watching that, I was like, oh, so this is what The Gray Man should have been. Like that movie mm. is by no means transcendent, but it's fun. It, 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 the action looks good. It, it's mm-hmm. entertaining. The one-liners are good. Um, it's not doing anything special, but it also doesn't have the most bloated budget ever. Um, and it, the CGI is not overwhelming you. Um, 
And mm-hmm. I just thought, man, that's what the gray man should have been. And it just wasn't. I think maybe they got too ambitious um, or, or tried too much. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I found that movie very disappointing. Also, that's just not a Netflix movie. Like that's mm-hmm. a movie that experienced in theaters, I'm sure is much better. Um, yeah. Just not meant for a home viewing, a big action blockbuster like that. So that was a little disappointing. My last pick, um, I wrote down Knives Out 2, which became Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Uh, I just recently saw this as it came to Netflix. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think I'm as high on it as you are. I don't think it's as good as the first one. But again, Ryan Johnson could make like four or five of these. And I would love and watch every single one, yeah, you know, absolutely. fun mystery, uh, funny at times. Um, David, how did you feel about it? I really liked it. First watch, I put it at four and a half out of five. And I thought I was like, this is as good um, as, you know, absolutely the first one. Second watch, I, I lowered it to a four. Um, I still really enjoyed it, but. It's settled for me. I don't think it's as good as the first. Um, but yeah, I loved all the performances. And I loved... I, I just love how he like... You're looking for the obvious twist, but then he throws a couple in there that you just weren't expecting. Somehow, because mm-hmm. you know there's going to be a twist in there. Mm-hmm. But like you still aren't able to kind of figure that out. So there was a couple um, you know, things in there that I, I enjoyed about it. And I, yeah, I enjoyed it. This was very enjoyable for me, and I think it's rewatchable. Um and yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, w- I would encourage anybody that hasn't uh, turned this on and has a Netflix subscription, you, you should just go ahead and watch it. Obviously, it'd be great if you saw the first one first. You don't necessarily have to, though. I mean, you'll get a little bit more of the Benoit Blancness, but it's a whole new cast of characters, whole new mystery. I, again, I, I just think these kinds of movies are really fun. I appreciate mm-hmm. that they shot on location. It looks good. Um, and Ryan Johnson's just, just really smart, um, and has proven that. Uh, so even if he doesn't keep directing these, which I think he's, he's kind of hinted that he's going to direct the third one and then he's out. I hope he keeps writing them or is in, at least involved in the writing process for them. Um, okay. yeah. and some honorable mentions that we had, David, as I look at this list, the two most embarrassing ones that we did not, we just didn't include, um, Top Gun Maverick. We had no idea what that movie was going to become. Um, and it became easily in our top five favorite movies of the year for both of us. Um, and, and just was an instant classic and kind of the story of the year. And then yeah. Avatar, the way of water, um, which how we do, both doubted. How did, Big how did Jim. not make our list? I don't, I don't know. Understand. We just, we doubted Big Jim, um, at our own peril and, and we were wrong as of recording this podcast on the Sunday night. Um, and it's fourth weekend, uh, Avatar, the way of water has become the seventh highest grossing movie ever. Um, 1.7 billion, yeah, I believe. Beating out Jurassic yeah. World. Um, and I have tickets to go see it on Tuesday. Uh, again, in 3D. Really? Yeah. Hi. Um, That's hi. I was like, there's not a... I kind of want to see Megan, but I was like, I need to see Avatar again before it leaves theaters. This is a movie yeah. I just have to watch in theaters. So I'm going to go do that. I'm looking forward to it a lot. All yeah. right, that, that, was a, that was enough of a recap uh, of what we were doing last year. David, let's hop in to our most anticipated 2023 releases. All of the films we're going to talk about are scheduled. We have been told to come out in 2023, although sometimes these shift, so do not get mad at us if one of these movies doesn't actually come out in this calendar year. David, what is your first on the list? My first uh, most anticipated movie of 2023 is Actually, don't you know? Bayou is afraid. Oh, is I think it, it's Bo. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. So the, this is one that was on last year's that we didn't mention. It was actually initially called Disappointment Boulevard, and we didn't know anything about it. Uh, but they've changed it to Bo is afraid. Um, this might be of all ten the one that we know the least about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by Ari Aster, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Ryan, Parker Posey. Um, not much in the bio besides quote zonky nightmare comedy end quote. Um, <laughs> yeah. For reference, Ari Aster has directed Hereditary, Midsommar, and no, isn't that it? That's it. I think he has another like not fully feature length film. I want to say it's like what's going on with. Uh, I can't remember. I, it's not. Um, I don't know. The strange thing about the Johnsons is a 30-minute yes, film. The strange film. thing about the Johnsons okay. is like a short film. 
Um, also, looking at his direct, his movies that he has directed, he has a short called Bo um, that is about a neurotic middle-aged man's trip um, to his mother's house is delayed indefinitely when his keys are mysteriously taken from his door. Um, he directed that Ooh. in 2011, has less than a thousand ratings on IMDb, so it's not very well seen. Could be an it's, adaptation of that. Um, it's a seven minute short. Yeah. I mean, that might, yeah, maybe. You know, if he but, likes the short enough, like, hey, I, I actually want to revisit this because I think it's really good. You know, he might be able to do that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. As David mentioned, this was slated to release it in 2022, uh, Disappointment Boulevard. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, Hereditary and Midsommar are top-tier 21st century horror, um, unquestionably. Yeah. This movie is going to be disturbing um, and is probably not going to be for the faint of heart just based on what we know about Ari Aster, but yeah. I am I guarantee it's going to be memorable. That's for sure. So Well, yeah, because like it doesn't look like, oh, this doesn't look that bad at all, but just knowing his other movies, like they're going to be as weird and as violent in a weird way, and you know, so... Yeah, I, I am confident this will be as intense as his other two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I have no idea who I'm going to see it with, though, because I don't know anybody that lives near me right now in my life that would be willing to go and watch an Ari Aster movie, which, you know what? I respect. I respect not wanting <laughs> to do that. Um, my, first, my first pick um, is from a little filmmaker... Um, little-known filmmaker called Wes Anderson. I say that jokingly, of course. Uh, a lot of people know who Wes Anderson is. Mm-hmm. It's called Asteroid City. Um, it is a Western. It is expected to release June 23rd, 2023. Um, and let's just, you know what? We don't really know much about the plot of Asteroid City. I'm just going to start reading names for people that are in this movie. Edward Norton, Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Tilda Swinton, Jason Schwartzman, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Lee Schreiber, Matt Dillon, Jeffrey Wright, Steve Park. Like, half of Hollywood is in this. And also, Wes has a thing for cameos. So I guarantee there's going to be at least two or three other people that are not listed that are going to be in this movie. How is Owen Wilson not in this bad boy? He's gonna. There's no yeah, way Owen Wilson's not going to be. Owen Wilson will be in this movie. I can almost guarantee he's gonna make a cameo somewhere. Hasn't he helped um, like Wes write some of his movies? So I feel yeah, like he's absolutely him and Wes are like childhood friends, if I understand correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And they helped Wes write his first movie, him and his brother, which is Bottle Rocket, which is a That's pretty cool. pretty solid heist movie. Um, I I don't know a whole lot about the plot of this. Um, not much has been released, but. It's a Western, not a genre I normally love, um, but it's a Wes Anderson film, one of my favorite directors of all time, and it has a lot of people in it that I like. Um, I'm very confident in this film, very, mm-hmm. very confident. David, what's your reaction when I was just reading off that cast list? I'm really excited. I think this is one director. Um, there's maybe two or three directors I can on the top of my head that I was like, they're what they're going to put out is going to be good. Like I'm going to enjoy what they can put out. This is one of them. Um, even some of his movies that I've been like f- catching up on, like I've not been like incredibly high on, but it's been unique and I've been intrigued. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty confident. Like I'm, I'm walking into the theater, like, all right, I'm going to enjoy this at some capacity. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited. It's just funny mm-hmm. too how he just can get half of Hollywood and uh, you know just like nothing. He's clearly a beloved filmmaker, not just by um, you know audiences, but also by the people he works with because he attracts yeah. large troops everywhere he goes. It seems like a lot of people want to make Wes Anderson movies, want to be in his films. Um, so I think I think that's just really cool. He's also he's gonna have two movies this year. Um, really? another movie, the wonderful story of Henry sugar, which is based on a Roald doll novel, I believe, or maybe, maybe it's a short story. Um, that stars Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that's going to be like a stop motion animation. Um, I could be wrong in this, in the style of fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of dogs. Um, so that'll probably be good too. So, so Wes cranking out two movies, um, in one year. And also the French Dispatch was good, and people don't think so. Go back and watch it. The French Dispatch is good. That was his last film that got snubbed by the Oscars. 
Um, very excited. David. I, well, real, I, I liked The French Dispatch, but that was my first Wes Anderson movie. I yeah, feel like now I, that I know him, I need to go back and watch this, kind of know it through his lens. You know what I mean? I, I think if I were to give a recommendation, because Wes Anderson's a little, he's, he's, yeah, if you pick up like midway through his filmography or like at a certain part, it can be kind of rough to keep up with what's going on and understand his style. I would encourage everybody to start with Fantastic Mr. Fox because um, that's a it's a easy movie to get into. Plot is simple, and it helps you understand the the kind of nature of Wes's dialogue and storytelling. And then from there, I would recommend Rushmore or The Royal Tenenbaums, and then you're good to watch anything else. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I understand. The French Dispatch was probably a really tough introduction I, I was to like, Wes. What in the world? You know, because that's just and him I was doing confused. him forever. Yeah. And I was so. so confused, you know. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm gonna rewatch that for sure. All right, David, what do you have second up on your list? Uh, second on my list is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the second uh, installment from Spider-Man um, the into, Sony into animated trilogy. I don't know what we're calling this, but yeah. Yeah, the first one's Spider-Man Into the Universe. Uh, this one's directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Justin Thompson, and Kemp Powers. Interesting, this probably happens more than I realize, but there's three directors... And there were three directors for the first one, too. Three different ones. Maybe it's think, just because it's that animation style. They have, like, different aspects of the movie or something. Yeah, I think it's more common um, to, to do those sorts of things on um, animated movies. Because in animated movies, there's no, like... there in, in most movies, spoiler alert for people that don't know this, there's second unit directors. Mm. Um, so there will be another person that will come in and, and form as the director on some of the director's off days. In animated movies, they don't really have those because it's animated. Not, yeah. So they just normally, if there's multiple directors, they'll just list them. Um, so that's why there's three here. But yeah, it stars uh, Shamik Moore as Miles, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen, and then Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac, Daniel Kaluuya. A lot of voices for the different Spider-Mans and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, first one, I was thoroughly impressed. I think this is one I just didn't know what to expect. Um. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was very, very good. And uh, yeah, this this is kind of fun because it's like we know he's Spider-Man. He knows he's Spider-Man. So now it's just full on like adventure, you know, it's mm-hmm. a full job, full time job now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to I haven't like gotten much into this. I have not looked much into it, mainly because I don't know if I want to know a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, the more I get into movies, the more I'm like want to know less about them before I watch them um, just because I don't want stuff spoiled or actors spoiled yep. but um yeah I'm, I'm excited for this i thought the animation style in this was so good in the first one just so unique something i i hadn't seen before um so mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited for this i think the wide consensus is that spider-man uh into the spider-verse is the best non-pixar animated movie of the 21st century like mm. that seems to be a very popular opinion um and i would say it's a justified opinion and I'm excited for this as well. Uh, Oscar Isaac, the only thing that I know is Oscar Isaac is portraying Spider-Man 2099 in this. Um, dude looks like an absolute menace in the trailer really? for this movie that I've seen. Um, the only image I've seen from him is he is choke slamming the frick out of Miles Morales. Um, <laughs> so that that's going to be interesting. But yeah, this movie is going to be entertaining. Um, it'll probably make gangbusters at the box office. Um, yeah, it, so I'm excited for it. The uh, the first one's the 16th ranked movie of all time on Letterboxd. It's over 570,000 people gave it a perfect five. So definitely, it'll have some uh, you know high hurdles to uh, to 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 clear. It's a hurdle. Clear <laughs> to hurdle. I was gonna say that, but I'm like, that sounds stupid. I can't say the same word. I understand. But, uh, yeah. Um, this was a movie that was in our honorable mentions for our 2022. They pushed it back because um, they yeah. needed to do some more work on the animation. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that have been resistant to watching Into the Spider-Verse because uh, it's an animated superhero movie. And there's been a lot of those made, actually. And they're not really ones that are widely seen by general audiences, just comic book fans. Mm-hmm. I would highly encourage you to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse if you have not already. Uh, very, very good film. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, my my second pick that I want to talk about, I'm going to go a little out of order for what I have listed on the document here, and that is The Iron Claw. Um, that is a movie that does not have a release date yet, um, but is in post-production currently. Um, it's an A24 film about the Von Erichs. 
um, which is like the Kennedys of wrestling, I would say, of professional wrestling, um, who were humongous um, in the time when there was territories in wrestling. Uh, territories essentially means that there were just, instead of what most people recognize as professional wrestling now, which is WWE and now the startup AEW, there was regional wrestling promotions. So you had them for areas of the country. Uh, the Von Erics are based in Texas. Um, and they, they've got some tragedy in the family, but um, are really known as pioneers for that uh, particular entertainment sect. I, I'm very excited about this. Um, Zach Efron it, is starring as well as Jeremy Allen White um, and Harry Dickinson, which most people probably wouldn't recognize the name. Um, but he's been in a, a few um, films that a lot of people have seen, Where the Crawdads Sing, um, See How They Run, Triangle of Sadness. I, I'm, I'm a professional wrestling person. It, at least I was when I was a kid. I don't watch it very much anymore. But The Wrestler is one of the greatest movies um, that I've seen in the past 10 years. It's in my top 50. Um, and it kind of shows the darker side of wrestling. I expect this to do the same. I'm very mm -hmm. excited about it. David, have you even heard of this movie before I put it on my list? Uh, no, I haven't. And I, I looked it up on Letterboxd, and I wasn't sure it was the right movie until I saw on you had it on your watch list. I'm like, this is probably it. Because, yeah, I I don't know anything about it, and there's not much on it. So, I yeah, I, I don't know. I know nothing. It's um, A24 is releasing it. Uh, they have a pretty good track record. Again, A24 doesn't necessarily make the films. Or they don't make the films, but they have shown they have very uh, – they're they're very particular and trying to curate the kind of image that they want for their indie mm. studio. Um, so they try to pick movies that are normally a little bit less blockbustery, a little, a little bit deeper, um, a little bit weirder, quite honestly. But I, I think that's a good sign. And then, yeah, the, the, what this movie is about, the content itself is something I'm very interested in. So I'm going to be excited for this. Um, Do but you think I this don't will think like it'll have wide appeal. You think this will be like in a theater near you, or do you think it's gonna be one that's gonna be hard to get to? I, I expect it to be a little hard to get to, uh, quite honestly. Um, I'm hoping it's supposed to come out in late 2023. Um, I, so I don't know. I'm hoping that that I could probably find a streaming service that that has it if it's not in a theater near me, um, or if I'm at home visiting or something. You know, mm, Kansas City's yeah. closed. Always has a lot of. A lot of movies, AMC will play almost anything in Kansas City, so maybe I'll be able to find yeah. a ticket for it. Um, but yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that aspect. This might be a movie that I actually don't see until 2024, depending on how late it gets released. Yeah, um, but there's yeah. that. David, what is your third pick? Uh, my third pick is Star Trek Four, fourth installment. Um, Nerd, come on, bro, these are so fire. Uh, Directed by maybe J.J. Abrams. Uh, there's been kind of, I wouldn't say drama, but there's been a lot going on. Um, there was a different director. There was a falling out. Um, and then they decided, Paramount decided to bring J.J. Abrams back. And I think he's in place. Then there was a contract talks. All the casts, I think, wanted more money. Some, you know, so, something was going on. So honestly, no idea when this is going to be released. I read an article that said maybe December of 2023. Um, so this may not happen this year, um, but a lot of people have it in their lists, maybe expecting it to. Um, stars, not Tom Cruise, that's a different movie. Stars Chris Pine, Zoe Saldana, Carl Urban, Simon Pegg. Um, yeah, I uh, this this new trilogy I think has been very very good, and I honestly I heard. Someone had an opinion, and I honestly don't know if I disagree. I don't know if it's that much of a hot take, so you can tell me if it is. But this Star Trek, uh, this Star Trek trilogy has, is better than the Star Wars. I'll say the Star Trek sequels have been better than the Star Star Wars sequels. Uh, I don't know that that's probably that's probably not a hot take because the sequels are widely derived. You you were close there though. You almost didn't say sequels, and you almost just said better than Star Wars. And well, no, I was going to say trilogy, but I was like, well, they're they all came trilogies. out in trilogies. <laughs> and the new one, there's four movies, so that doesn't even apply. Um, yeah, I think this these movies have been some of the more visually st uh, stunning movies of space. Um, second one, I'm not as high on, but the first one especially, I thought was just a really good way to reintroduce this um, this kind of this world universe. 
uh, to us. But so I'm excited. I um, if it's J.J. Abrams directed, I, I fully expect to see um, you know that 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 light glare on the camera lens and just a you know uh, the lens flares. Beautiful enterprise shot more than once in this movie. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know when this will come out. Hopefully it does though. I will say this. I have no desire ever really to interact with Star Trek in any capacity, whether it be the older movies or the TV shows. But I did, I have seen every single one of the the newest trilogy that's come out. Um, and I enjoyed them for the most part, even if I didn't think they were great, I thought they were fun. They, they were a lot yeah. of fun to watch, especially in theaters. So um, I'll, I'll watch it. I, I will definitely show up for this, um, but I'm not a Star Trek person. I, I yeah. never have. Been. I think, I think also Chris Pine is a very, very good Kirk. Um, I know like it's hard for you to reference maybe cause you didn't watch like older ones at first, but just knowing who's played Kirk, like he's really, really good. And even does some of the slightly like original Kirk impressions, which like my dad absolutely loves. Cause he's like, Oh my God. You know? So yeah, Chris Pine's good at what he does. Surprise. Yeah, Chris Pine, I think, is is underrated maybe because we only see him now in franchises that aren't that good. Um, <laughs> but I it, or movies that aren't that good, quite honestly. But I think Chris Pine is a is a pretty solid actor. Um yeah, I hope this comes out. I saw that it was supposed to come out in the summer and they moved it, removed it from the calendar, and now there's rumors that it's gonna be December twenty second of twenty twenty three, although there has some reporting that that has also been changed, but um, we don't know. We'll never know. We'll never. We don't know, know yet. Um, so this may be a twenty twenty. This this and probably like two other movies we talk about are going to be ones that come out in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. Especially what happened with our list last year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of my third movie that I want to talk about is the Killer. Um, David Fincher's film that we had on our list this past year. Um, that was supposed to come out in twenty twenty two. Then it was pushed. It's likely coming out late twenty twenty three. I think they're targeting September ish. It is a Netflix-produced film, so it might do the thing where, which Netflix is doing now, where they release it for a week to build word of mouth in select theaters, and then wait a month and then just drop it on Netflix. Uh, this is David Fincher's film. Uh, Michael Fassbender is returning to movies um, to be in this film. He, I, I want to say it's been five or six years that he's been like in a movie in a movie besides the terrible X-Men apocalypse like cameo that he was in. Um, so he, he's been actually, I think he's been a professional race car driver in his off time from film while also helping raise a family. So good oh, job. Yeah. Good job by you, Michael Fassbender. It's, it says in his bio, competed in auto racing in 2017 with the Ferrari Challenge. He currently races in the European Le Mans series, driving for Proton Competition. That's just hype. That's Bro, yeah. So Bro's that's just, just doing hype. it. He's just yeah. completing side quests right now, but he's going to get back to the main storyline soon. Um, Tilda Swinton is also in this film, reportedly. Uh, it is about an assassin who starts to grow a conscience, but he still is getting hired for more jobs. Um, it's hmm. based on a graphic novel. Um, here, here's what you need to know. David Fincher only makes good movies with maybe the exception of the curious case of Benjamin Button, which who cares? Um, <laughs> assassin movie, Michael Fassbender. That's it. I'm in, hmm. I'm there. Um, I hmm. hope it comes out this year cause I wanted to come out last year and it didn't. Um, but I, I, I highly, highly expect this to be in, Top 10 for me at the end of the year, unless some crazy stuff happens. Um, but yeah, this is right up my alley. I'm really looking forward to it. I have a question for you. Okay. This will be tough for you because I know you probably view these directors equally, but I have a feeling I know which one you view higher more. Are you more excited for David Fincher's The Killer or Wes Anderson's Asteroid City? <sighs> this is a good question. Good job, David. Um... So I think Fincher, um, mainly because I, we haven't seen a Fincher movie where he goes really dark um, and violent, which sounds terrible. But I mean, let's look back at David Fincher's best movies. It's Gone Girl. Um, it's Seven. It's Zodiac. You know. Um, those really gritty and really yeah. intense. Yeah. And the social network is not really that. It's it's a little different. It's in the class of Mank, I would say, which was the last film David Fincher made, which has gotten mixed reviews, but I really enjoy. 
I think it's it's the anticipation. It's been longer. I've seen the French Dispatch, um, and that came out in 2021. So it hasn't. We haven't had a huge gap between a Wes movie. Um, so I think maybe I'm going to go with Fincher here. Although Wes has just made more films at this point, mm. and I may like Wes Anderson more or his style more. But I'm just really excited for this Fincher film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I am too. I've I believe I've seen most of his movies. I've seen all but. Mank. I haven't seen The Curious Cage of Benjamin Button or Panic Room. Like I, really the big want, hits, I haven't seen Panic Room either. I really want to see Panic Room. The big hits, you know, I, I've seen and for the most part, yeah, I really like I really like what he's put out. So I'm excited for this too. Yeah. Uh it and hopefully, you know, we get it. Hopefully <laughs> you know, this well, is gonna yeah. push back. They haven't even set a release date yet. So I'm really I'm really hoping that this one comes out in twenty twenty-three. David what is your your fourth one? Although you're, we're both going in reverse order here, so actually dun, I would dun, guess your, dun, your dun, second dun, most anticipated. Dun, yeah, hit dun. it. Mission Impossible Seven, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. Oh my, this is gonna this movie's gonna slap. It's gonna be directed so by Christopher McQuarrie, who's done Fallout. He's done Rogue Nation. He has done Jack Reacher. LOL, featuring Dom Cruise in another movie. Um, He's, he is Tom Cruise's guy now because um, oh, he also helped yeah. rework uh, Top Gun Maverick. He was heavily involved in that's that. That's right. That's um, right. I think that's just his guy. They're they're paired up and they're just going to keep making movies together. Um, oh, so, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Starring Tom Cruise, of course, Rebecca Ferguson, who's been – she's been in every – most of the movies, no. not every movie, but she's five, been in four or five of them. Gosh, I can't remember if she's even in. Is she in Ghost Protocol? I thought she was only in Rogue Nation and Fallout. I can't remember. They run together. They're all great, though. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of another girl. That's on me. Rest in peace, that other girl who probably got killed in the series. You're thinking of Michelle Monaghan? Yes. Yep. With the, no, with the she didn't bomb get in her head. She survived. Yeah. She survived. You're good. Oh, she's the one that's like his wife, but she yes. went undercover. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. What a man. Sorry. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pegg. Who's actually in Star Trek as well, so he's he's having a busy year. And then uh Ving Rames. Yeah, who's been he's just classic. He's old faithful as well. Um Cruise getting back together. And I don't know nothing about this movie, but we know that Tom Cruise has some wicked stunts ready for us. Um and I'm pumped. I'm okay that it's a part one, part two, because that means it's just more awesome action scenes and more awesome music and just really good stuff. So yeah, I'm. This might be one of my most anticipated. Uh, one I'm looking forward to the most for this next year. Yeah, um, I normally don't love the part one thing. I still kind of don't love it because it really just means you're not going to finish the story you're telling, which mm. is fine if you don't. But telling me it had time kind of cheapens it. However, yeah. so I, I I remember when I saw this trailer. Um, and I believe it was before a showing of Top Gun Maverick, which I, I watched three times in the theater, so I don't remember exactly which one. I apologize. <laughs> um, but there was a cheer afterwards. After, Jeez. Which, oh, trailers trailer? don't get cheers, guys. The, and the trailer got a cheer because these movies slap. They're so good. Yeah. It is the last like great action franchise that's not a superhero movie, I would say. Mm, um, good point. And... Well, I guess you could put John Wick in there too, uh, which we may talk about later. Uh, Maybe he he does all of his own stunts. You know, they keep adding people to the cast. This one is going to have Carrie Elways and Haley Atwell added, um, and Vanessa Kirby, who played the White Widow in Fallout. Um, it was fantastic in Fallout. Is going to be a big role in this one, it seems as well. David. Is this a set? You know what? Let's save it. When this movie comes out, we're probably going to do the Mission Impossible ranking, so we'll save it. Um, Ooh, that's a good idea. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. I, I want to ask: What it, is there a stunt from these films that stands out to you the most that that you think would be your favorite stunt? We have the Burj Khalifa scene where he climbs up in Ghost Protocol. In Rogue Nation, it's the hanging off the side of the plane and then the long underwater uh, tank thing that Tom Cruise actually held his breath for because he's a maniac and then fallout <laughs> has the uh halo jump the motorcycle chase through paris um and also the helicopter tom cruise flying the helicopter while also running the camera mm. oh and don't forget him breaking his ankle and which is like yeah it's and the not as big a scene but well. like he's but yes yeah. that that too 
my first gut reaction is that where he breaks his ankle and keeps going, but it has to be the Halo jump for me. I watched the, the how to so video cool. of that and like the the like ten minutes of shooting they had each day because of the lighting and like props to the cameraman, maybe more than Tom Cruise, because that man's just staying in Tom's face the entire time and like sacrificing his comfortability while he's falling as fast as a human can from the sky. That scene mm-hmm. is just so sick. Mm-hmm. Um Tom Cruise is so cool. Just short king balling out, man. He's just a goat. He's so good. And that, yeah, the Halo jump's good. What about you? Uh, I think I, I would go Halo jump, uh, but just to get a little different flair, I, I think hanging off the side of the plane, which he yeah. actually did in Rogue Nation, is crazy. And that's like the beginning of the movie where you're like, oh, this is going to be, oh my God, Tom Cruise is yep. like flailing off the side of a plane, which he said was among the hardest stunts he's ever done. Um, mm-hmm. The man is just dedicated for us. I, I think. I think Tom Cruise might be my favorite actor ever. I I, I really mm. do. Um, just pure enjoyment, like ba- and- just just if you look at the films that he's made, um, you know he had his stint where he was doing all tour cinema in the late '90s, trying to get an Oscar, and when he didn't, he's like, "Fine, I'm just going to be the best action star that you have for the next 25 years," and he is. Mm. Um, so I, wow, he yeah, isn't I, a lot. I'm going through his his list dude, right now. His IMDb is absolutely nuts. Um. Yeah, he's just, he's great. Um, so I, we actually had to negotiate for this film. We negotiated for a few. This was one of them. And yep. I got my next film because I gave, because David and I decided to to trade out because we're both, I mean, we're both looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so And we're civil people, right? And come we're on, civil like, people. You're oh, darn right on. we are. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, the, I will be there opening, opening night. Oh, um, yeah. I can guarantee you that. Next up uh, on mine, my number two most anticipated movie of the year, Dune Part 2. You guys ever heard of a little movie called Dune? Came out in 2021, dropped on HBO Max the same weekend, but still made like over $100 million at the box office because it's Dune. Denis Villeneuve directed this really confusing, but often cited as the greatest work of science fiction ever. Um, And the first movie slapped. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was amazing in every facet from the, the, the CGI to the sound to the acting. And you know what they're doing for part two? We're, we're getting the same cast, same director, same all of that. You know who we're adding? We're adding Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, and Christopher Walken. Mm. What more do you people need? We are going to see Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, and Florence Pugh in the same movie. The Three of the best actors of their generation will be in one movie together. And it's a movie that is going to be amazing. I, I see no way in which I won't love Doom Part 2. This is going to come out in November. David, t- talk to me about your love for Dune and how excited you are for this film. Because this is the one we had to trade for. He took Mission yeah. Impossible. I took Doom Part 2. Yeah. This is another one with Denis Villeneuve. Like, I'm going to enjoy a movie he drops. Uh, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Dune. Like, dude just has dropped. Like, he hasn't had a bad movie, I would as go as far as to say. Some weird ones. But, like, man just knows how to direct uh, and knows how to put together a high-quality film. And, uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Dune. I, I want to rewatch this. It's on HBO, isn't it? Yes. Or is it not there anymore? No, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, good. Because, yeah, it was very, very good. Um, just, it was able to introduce a whole new world to us, which is just hard to do. But, like, I thought he captured it well. And I'm, and from based on what I've heard, that was low key just an intro to this movie, to what he's been wanting to direct was part two, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I haven't read the books. Um, I tried when I was in high school. So confusing. Couldn't get through it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm told that the second part of the book is is more entertaining. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this because yeah, I felt like we got just a taste in the first one, and that was still amazing. David and so I actually good. watched this together, and I think this was this was one of those we talk about this all the time. One of those just silence movies where afterwards we just kind of sat there in silence for thirty seconds and then looked at each other and like, well, that was amazing. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. And now I'm going to yep. tell everybody about it. So, And then we immediately went and told a bunch of people to go watch Dune, and half of them were like, eh, sci-fi. Um, and those people suck, and I don't <laughs> think I speak to them anymore, uh, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, Dune, Dune Part 2, and again, 
you know, it, you you want to make me you you want to you want to increase my anticipation for a movie even more. You know what you can do? You can add Florence Pugh to it. I'm there. I'm there. Speaking of Miss Flo, David, your most anticipated release of 2023. Hit it. Oppenheimer, directed by the Christopher you Nolan. Said it wrong. It's up, oh, my oh, guy. Oppenheimer. Up. Oppenheimer. Bro, that's, I feel like everyone said just Oppenheimer, which everyone's probably wrong because it's America, which makes sense that we pronounce words wrong. But <laughs> uh, this is kind of like what Wes Anderson's movies are, is Christopher Nolan. Here's the, some of the, the people in Christopher's movie. Uh, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, Gary Oldman, Robert Downey Jr., Rami Malik, Kenneth Branagh, and last but not least, Josh Peck. Yeah, I threw, I, <laughs> How I did threw Josh him in Peck there. Sneak into that. Uh, you think Christopher uh, Nolan during the pandemic was just, <laughs> you know, firing up reruns of Drake and Josh? And was like that Josh guy's pretty good. He's kind of good. Yeah, I got to get him on. Uh, a lot more. I mean, a lot more. Matthew Modine, who's an older actor that probably some of our our fathers and mom or dads know him more, just you know, because he's an older one. Alex Wolf, Hereditary, Casey Affleck, yikes, Jack Quaid, a lot of a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's follows the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. Um, honestly, when you first hear that, you're like, that sounds really boring. But dude, I watched the trailer when Avatar when I was in theaters for Avatar, and I saw Killian Murphy smoking a cigarette with his nice with his hat. I heard Hans Zimmer's soundtrack, and I just saw the, the visuals of this movie and I got chills and it's literally about a dude just making a bomb. Like this can't be that this most action infused movie I've seen. It's probably going to be somewhat slow, but like the trumpets and the brass just hit. And I was just like, dude, just let me sit here for like 10 minutes and just enjoy this. You know what I mean? Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm sure everybody already knows this because this is sent Twitter and, and just the internet as a whole into a firestorm, uh-huh. um, pun intended. Uh, but Christopher Nolan said that he recreated the nuclear explosion without CGI. Bro, so, wow. So he, he is recreated. I thought that was a joke. The, no, no, that is not a joke. Christopher Nolan, the king of, I'm going to do this for real. This is practical. Um, the director version of Tom Cruise, I would say, in that he's like, CGI? Never heard of it. Uh, I'm not using mm-hmm. that crap. Also just doesn't care and like does whatever movie he wants and doesn't yeah. care what people think. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, it, it actually recreated the nuclear explosion practically. Jeez. Yeah. I, dude, this is. I'm just, I'm really impressed with this movie. Like just simply, he has like three of, of some of the greatest actors of all time among a lot of others. And yeah. I'm just, and he, he even said, I know he was quoted. He's after this movie, he said that Robert Downey Jr. And Killian Murphy, he's like, are two of the greatest actors of all time. Just based on their performance to the, and, in this movie, you know, yeah, which is just crazy. He's sneaking Gary Oldman and Matt Damon in there. He just, which, just, yeah, just, were my other two in the back door. Just by the way, you know, yeah, <laughs> that heck? was my other two. I think Robert Downey Jr., Gary Oldman, and Matt Damon are three of the greatest actors of all time. Just they're just have done everything, and they've been in so much. And I'm excited. It's really there's not much to explain about this movie. It follows a man creating the atomic bomb, but uh, Hans Zimmer's you know, on the director's stand, Christopher Nolan's directing it, and uh, I'm excited. I, I am curious, curious, who's the cinematographer, I wonder? And hmm. Hoyt Van Hoytema? Uh, that name is very familiar to me. Hold on. I don't know who that is, but he's done Interstellar, Her, Nope, yep. Dunkirk, yep. Spectre, Ad Astra, Tenet. Yeah, he's, he's one he's of the lot. most requested... Um, cinematographers out there right now from switzerland yeah yeah he's so this thing is gonna look incredible every single one of the movies that he has shot looks beautiful um mm-hmm. so nope has a 6.9 out of 10 on imdb what are you people on what i am so glad Bruh. i'm not using imdb as a primary movie interaction source anymore um <laughs> yeah so oppenheimer a part of the i would say maybe in my lifetime greatest double bill on a day ever and the other part of that double bill is Barbie. Greta Gerwig's 2023 mm. film. 
She's writing and directing along with her partner, Noah Baumbach. It stars Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and Emma Mackey, as well as Simu Leo. It seems like there's also going to be a lot of other just famous actors in it. Um, and we don't know a lot about this, except I saw the teaser trailer, um, which is just a riff on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Genius level marketing, just next yeah. level. Greta Gerwig knows what we want, knows what we need, knows how to communicate our ideas so effectively. Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited for this. I, I rewatched Francis Ha, um, and I'm gonna rewatch Lady Bird before I see this as well. I, I just, I just really love Gerwig. Um, I, I, Little Women, which she wrote and directed, um, the adaptation of the Jane Austen novel is, is one of my four favorite movies ever. Um, I feel like I say one of my favorite ever a lot. That's legitimately <laughs> in my top four. Has been since I first saw it. Will not move out. Um, mm. Yeah, David, I'm gonna make you mad here, um, but. Barbie's first. There's no way. I'm watching Bobby Barbie before I see Oppenheimer. I'm watching them on the same day. I'm going to be in that movie theater for eight hours that day. Okay, but You're I'm insane. seeing Barbie first. You're I insane. Have I have to see Barbie first. Um, and, and you know, the meme is going around, like, taking photos from The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and stuff, and it's like, three tickets for Barbie, please, four tickets for Barbie, please. <laughs> like, that's what all the, the real Sigmas are, are doing on... Uh, on July 21st. Um, and I will be doing that as well because I will be watching Barbie first. I will see Oppenheimer on the same day, David. I, I that's still just you, a, I'm just but, offended. Well, you can be. But. I'll be honest. I, the only reason I'm watching this is because of the director and the two main actors. Like when I think of the, the Barbie, I'm like, this just sounds so stupid and it's going to be ridiculous. But, but then you I'm know like, it's, you know it's not going to be like it's going to be stupid but in the way of it's going to be hilarious and you know why because it's Greta Gerwig and it, she's going to be making fun of Barbie the whole time that she's making it while well, also probably, talking yeah. about its importance if it, this movie is going to have layers it's going to be one that if it's not loved at the beginning it will be reclaimed most assuredly um, but let this gives me an opportunity David let's just talk about the summer slate I already oh my goodness it. yeah okay Beginning, let's just start in May when when summer kind of begins. Obviously, Memorial Day weekend is like the real beginning, mm -hmm. but let's let's talk about it. All right, okay. May fifth, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Wow, yeah, you know, yeah, one of Marvel's tent poles, probably I would say one of the three most successful like individual franchises within the MCU, and mm. in terms of quality throughout, I, I would say it's up there with any of the other trilogies that have been made um even without having seen this third one just in the reception of the first two may 19th fast 10 a movie i will not be watching i'm not going to pay to watch that in theaters sorry june 2nd spider-man across the spider-verse june 9th transformers rise of the beast june 16th the flash and asteroid city june 30th a little movie called indiana jones and the dial of destiny the fifth Indiana Jones film. That's coming out this summer, by the way. Um, July 7th, Insidious 5. One of the biggest horror franchises of the 21st century. July 14th, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. July 21st, Barbie and Oppenheimer. July 28th, The Marvels. Okay, so from May Jeez. to July, I just listed like six movies that if they were released by themselves in their own year, Barbie is not going to make that much money. Um, just because it's not, it's a smaller film. It's directed by Greta Gerwig. It's not really blockbuster material. It's going to be well received, probably. But it, it, let's if we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy um, three volume three, a movie that could get close to a billion. Fast X, a movie that will probably most assuredly, you know, pass a billion. Spider Man mm -hmm. Across the Spider Verse, probably five hundred million on a normal year. Transformers: Rise of the Beast, probably a billion. Transformers movies make a lot of money. The Flash, yeah. DC, we don't really know. Probably gonna be 250, 300 million. This movie's supposed to have a bunch of cameos, including like Michael Keaton returning as Batman, um, which may get people into the theater. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny would be an $800 million movie, probably yeah. in a normal year. Don't know how it's gonna be received. Insidious 5 will probably make good money, um, especially because there's not a lot of horror competition. So horror fans okay. are loyal yeah. and go to the movie theater. You think Mission it'd crack Impossible. 100 million? In Insidious 5, yeah. I, I would expect two to 300. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. I would say the Fallout made eight hundred million. I would say this one's probably more than that. I would say a billion, especially with mm -hmm. 
He's going to be riding the Top Gun Maverick wave. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah. Nolan always makes money with the exception of Tenet, which was pandemic, probably a billion. Uh, yeah. The Marvels, depending on how it's received, how the other Marvel movies are received, five to 800 million is probably the floor. That's insane. Jeez, that's that is, a lot of that money. Is, that is a ridiculous two-month run. And not technically even done because we have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that comes out and then another DC superhero movie in August. Um, and then a bunch of movies that like will pop and then, up and, and stuff and like that. And then a bunch of movies that people are going to recognize if they don't see. The Equalizer 3, The Nun 2, Expendables 4, Craven the Hunter yeah. is a Spider-Man film, The Exorcist, um, the remake of the classic, um, I believe is being done by uh, Blumhouse. It's a Blumhouse production with mm-hmm. David Gordon Green directing, um, Saw 10, and then we get to Dune Part Saw 2. Two. Another, hu- the Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes, November 17th. Wonka, Timothy Chalamet starring as Willy Wonka in a musical, December 15th. That's going to be fire. Another Ghostbusters film, and then Aquaman 2. The last Jeez. half of this year is ridiculous. It's, 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 absolutely ridiculous that's insane man that's a lot of movies so david i read through all of those oh frick we could even go back you know what let's do march too march is a crazy month march well first we're gonna kick it off it's it's a very little known film uh creed 3 anybody heard of the creed franchise michael b jordan's Mm. directorial debut as well march 10th scream 6 the next week, 65, which I believe is an Adam Driver fights dinosaurs science fiction yeah. thriller. Probably. Yeah, they crash, they crash land on a different planet and they find that it's still prehistoric. Pro- yeah, probably going to get a lot of play. Uh, let's be honest. As well as Shazam Fury of the Gods. We don't know how that Black Adam underperformed wildly. Who knows what that's going to do. March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, the I would say the other, as I previously mentioned, Mission Impossible, the other last great action franchise, John Wick. Um, and then the 31st is the Dungeons and Dragons movie that has Chris Pine in it, which I've been seeing trailers for for the last seven months. <laughs> it's a crazy year. David, of the ones we didn't have in our list, are, are there any you, that just missed the cut for you that you're really excited for? Um, a couple I wrote down... Honestly, this is like maybe just growing up. This is I experienced this movie, so it's I'm a little biased in it. I'm excited for Indiana Jones. I think this. I don't think this will be Crystal Skull. I think they put a lot of work and time into this, and I think it actually might be like the satisfying ending that we all kind of were wanting with the fourth installment and didn't get. Um, I've seen a trailer, and the the de aged CGI actually looks really good. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited. I don't know what to expect. I probably won't have high expectations. Um, the other one that I want to mention is M. Night Shyamalan's uh, movie, Knock at the Cabin, um, mm. starring starring Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, uh, Dave Bautista, uh, Rupert Gritton, Grit, Rupert Grant, sorry, who was obviously Ronald Weasley in, in the Harry Potter series. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited for a M. Night Shyamalan movie um, just because they're weird. You know, they're different than others so that's one that i that i'm excited for um but yeah uh, maybe trans- transformers again right we grow up with these movies so like it may be like eh but like it's still gonna be probably some fun action so those mm-hmm. are probably three that that were close for me uh real quick about indiana jones uh it seems like phoebe waller bridge is going to be like play his daughter or nephew in, in this mm. film i'm or not nephew niece. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Mads Mikkelsen and Antonio Banderas are also in the movie. Um, mm, I imagine okay. Mikkelsen is a villain um, because yeah, he normally he is, is isn't he? Yeah, um, and he's pretty good at that. I I think for me, six the sixth movie on my list was John Wick Four. Um, mm, it it, yeah. it was in the top five for a little bit. Uh, fell out after that. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Three is the only Marvel movie this year outside of Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which is Sony, so it's a little different. It's the only MCU movie that I'm excited for, really. Um, uh, we haven't even talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, that movie does not look good to me based on the trailers, but 
you know, that doesn't mean anything. And then I, I think after that, um, I, I, I want to say the exorcist only because I'm just excited to see what they try to do with it. Uh, the mm. exorcist is just such a classic iconoclast horror movie in the United States. Um, is a movie that would have cleared, like I think translated to today's money, would have cleared more than a billion dollars, which is unheard mm. of um, for a horror like that. It was shocking when it came out, but still holds up. Uh, I watched it twice last year, once at the beginning of the year, and then another time, um, I think right before Halloween. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. I don't know that I'm necessarily excited. I'm curious. Uh, and Creed 3, I, I think, I'm kind of anticipating that just because Jonathan Majors is the quote unquote villain in it. Um, and he looks like scary as heck in this trailer. The trailers do look really good. I ha- I still haven't seen Creed 2. Um, I haven't either. It's on I Prime, the, I think. I thought the first one was good. Yeah, I, I've scrolled past Creed 2 multiple times, but I just haven't had the desire to watch it. I'll probably just wait and try to watch it closer to when Creed 3 comes out. But yeah, that'll probably be a big movie. Um, even if it's not, I, it'll probably be fairly well-reviewed sports movies in general are normally well-reviewed. We don't get them much anymore, but it's a pretty like high floor, sometimes low ceiling with sports movies as well as boxing and Creed's already a beloved franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I can't believe I missed this movie. I have one more that I'm actually really excited that actually was probably number six on my list and that's killers of the flower moon. Martin Scorsese. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Directed. What are we doing? Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jesse Plemons, Liddy Gladstone, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser. Um, I, yeah, I I completely forgot about this movie. Really excited about it. This is based on a true story. Um, it's about the FBI's investigation of the, some murder, the murder of some very wealthy Native Americans um, because there was oil discovered on their land, so they got a portion of the profits. Um, it, it's a, based on a book by David Graham, which I actually read uh, earlier this year in anticipation. This movie was supposed to come out um, in 2022 and got pushed back. Yeah, it was on our list, I believe. Yeah. Um, lastly, yeah, it was honorable. Last movie I want to mention, my boy Say Ridley it. Scott, oh. you know, who's who's been kind of derided, um, but because not a lot of people have liked his last couple of movies, is making a Napoleon movie about Napoleon Bonaparte starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. That's going to be must-see. Uh, I'm just going to... You're going oh. to have to tune in. Last time Joaquin Phoenix uh, was in a Ridley Scott movie, a little film called Gladiator, uh, one of the best movie villains ever. Uh, and Emperor Comedy. I missed this movie. I completely so, overlooked this. It looks like it's an Apple TV product. I don't know if they'll put it out on straight to Apple TV or try to do a theater release. Obviously, the last couple of theater releases didn't really go Ridley Scott's way. I think Ridley Scott's like in his 80s and is still cranking out like two movies a year. That's wild. Did you um, see he's casting for Gladiator 2? Yeah, I think he's actually, they announced he's cast as lead, I, I believe. Um, I have no idea what the story of Gladiator 2 could be. The original script for Gladiator 2 was Marcus Aurelius fights in hell um, and tries, <laughs> to, tries to escape the underworld. Yeah, they he cast Paul Meskel as the lead. Because um, doesn't which is he not does, a name I can say that I'm very familiar with? Uh, doesn't uh, he's in After Sun and The Lost Daughter? Um, oh yeah, he's an up and comer. He's also in Normal People, um, Irish actor. Uh, so is it the same if it's completely different right cast now. then i would imagine it's it is yeah like not, not connected yeah it's probably takes place like a couple uh, 20 or 30 years after the death of marcus aurelius okay but i don't know for sure um, i honestly i don't know why i really thought you were gonna say and the final movie i want to mention is the super Bar- mario bros movie no which kind of actually just looks funny part, part of me wants to see it yeah, I mean, okay. Um, I would say Chris Pat's Mario voice is pretty garbage, um, which Stop is a shame because don't trash Chris. Like a majority of the film relies on him. He just his Mario voice is just his normal voice. Um, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I pro- this is probably one I would watch. Better would the movie be if it was Joe Pesci voicing Mario? I would say <laughs> ten times without even having seen it. That's, so he's probably really expensive though. <laughs> Joe Pesci. You think Joe Pesci is more expensive right now than Chris Pratt? Actually, Joe no, Pesci. that's true. Never mind. That 
that's yeah. You got Goodfellas glasses on my guy. Um, that's yeah, it. That's I think fair. right. We we recap twenty twenty three. It's looking like it's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, and again, I will be watching Barbie before I see Oppenheimer. Probably thirty percent of these will be pushed back. Forty percent of these won't. We won't be able to see. But uh, yeah, yeah. I one one honestly, I'm not as high on is that you are is John Wick four. I just I. I shouldn't doubt it, but he just doesn't look like he's moving the same. Like he's just old. You know what I mean? And that's and the I know one he, of the John Wick movies. He gets beaten up all the time. That's but you know how like the first couple, he's just like so smooth and it's just so sick. David, it just, do me a favor. But go I also know John he's Wick been rewatch John Wick three. It's on HBO Max right now, and then tell me that you don't want to watch four. I also know though he's been like training for like six months for this movie. Yeah. So I also it's gonna know be, he's going to be doing all these stunts. This is a movie that the floor is is very high. I, I I think that the worst version of John Wick Four is still a very entertaining action film. Like I I don't see a yeah. point where it's not. Um, this won't be lower than a three and a half kind of movie. Right. And uh, so he's he's done like all the weapons I saw in this one. It's a bow and arrow. That's like the only weapon we haven't really seen him use. I mean, he's been in sword fights, knife fights, obviously used pencil guns, fights, um, pencils. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what he does with a bow. Uh, that'll be cool. But yeah, he John Wick three. He killed a bunch of guys with using a horse. Um, he just smacked the back of the horse and it kicked guys Sheesh. in the face and killed them. What do you want? Like, I, yeah, I, I can't believe you said you're not excited for John Wick four uh, in this podcast before I come through the computer and punch you in the face. Uh, hey. I say that I'll probably I'm still probably gonna put a, put a watch this in theaters. So you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. they're still getting my are. money. Still get my yeah. money. But uh, wow, a lot of movies. This is hype. Can't wait. What do you want to watch? Talking about our most anticipated movies of the year 2023. Uh, it's been David Dirksen, Nathan Christopher talking it up. Thank you all for listening. Use my middle name. <laughs> Go watch Barbie before Oppenheimer to make David mad. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>